WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. Hey everybody, so I'm back again for another episode to talk about this week's uh, Friday Night Smackdown episode, uh, which uh, coincidentally fell on my birthday this week, so... um, I had to kind of watch it on replay because I was out doing birthday things and stuff like that. So, uh, but I still got it in and I still got to watch a little bit and it, it still, even when I had to watch it on the replay, it still was a very good episode. Um, with the, with, you know, the occasional things that I don't think went quite so well, but we'll talk about that in a minute. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, under the triple H era, we're seeing that things are, slowly improving over the over the weeks like you know like the championships mean more the uh the storylines a little bit better the purpose of all the promos seem a little bit better you know you just name it everything's kind of gotten a little bit of improvement over the over the uh last few weeks so without further ado let's talk about this week's episode so we got the we got the start of the episode with the uh next uh matchup in the women's tag team championship uh tournament which saw Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah taking on Shotzi and Zia Lee. Uh Raquel and Aaliyah ended up getting the victory. Uh we did have a little bit of outside inter- not outside interference but a little outside action when uh Sonya Deville and Natalia showed up ringside and uh, they were pretty much uh, kind of beaten down a little bit and, and thrown around the ring and or thrown around the outside, and um, and obviously they will be in a matchup uh, next week against uh, the two against the one NXT team that's in this uh, in this uh, tournament, and I'll get into them later. Uh, but yeah, Raquel Rodriguez and uh, Aaliyah got the victory again. I'm not sure how I feel about this tournament again because. Like I said, most of these teams I feel like were just thrown together just to have a tournament. Uh, the only teams that kind of make sense just because they've, you know, been together, I guess, for the last few weeks is, you know, Dakota Kai and uh, Eo Sky and also um, Alexa Bliss and, and uh, Asuka also make a little bit of sense because they've been, you know, in their little tandem with uh, Bianca Belair. But aside from that, though... I mean, maybe Sonya Deville and Natalia kind of makes sense too, because you know, like I said, they've been kind of feuding a little bit on and off with uh, Ronda and Liv the last few weeks. So, but the rest of the teams, I feel like we're just thrown together, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's going to kind of taint the value of the tournament. Not only that, but also the championship as well. Like I said, unless we unless the rumors are true and Sasha and uh, and Naomi show up eventually as well, to, and who knows what impact they'll have on the tag team champions, whether they'll try to re, re, regain them or what will happen there. So have to see what that happens. Um, so next we have Karrion Cross cutting a backstage promo uh, with, his, with his wife Scarlett, obviously, and pretty good promo. I mean, he's basically explaining that he's back. He, he did make a few inside references to you know the way he was kind of treated in his previous run at WWE and uh and now he's back and you know uh and now this he he obviously promises that this run's going to be a lot better and you know I I just like his I do I do like his persona and I like that his I like that his character obviously is similar to his NXT character um instead of the 
first WWE uh, character that he got when he got called up to the main roster uh, last year. So uh, have to see where this goes. Um, like I said, I'm I'm not sure. I'm 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 pretty sure Triple H has obviously considered putting him into the world title picture. Obviously, but where he will fit into it, I don't know. Um, and it seems like already he's targeting Roman Reigns, obviously, if you watched last week. But then again, where does that stand for Drew McIntyre? Because Drew McIntyre was obviously my favorite to dethrone Roman eventually. But since Karrion Cross is back and maybe they're, you know, trying to tease a match between Roman and, and Karrion Cross, which would obviously I would think would be for the title. Um, you know, where does that where does that leave Drew now? Is Drew not going is Drew going to become an afterthought at this point or? What's going to happen? Uh, I, I'm fully predicting that that, uh, that match at Clash of the Castle is still going to be good. It's going to be a great match. Um, I've also heard rumors that they're not going to alter the match despite uh, Karrion Cross's return. They're not going to add him to that match. In fact, he and Roman may not meet until, like, maybe Survivor Series, maybe. So we'll see how that goes. Um Right after we saw Karrion Cross's promo, we saw Drew McIntyre go to the ring, and he cut a promo, and he was talking about everything that happened last week, Karrion Cross attacking him. Uh, he was talking about, you know, Roman and the Usos, and he was actually explaining that, you know, while it took Roman and the Usos and, you know, several ringside uh, objects and even, you know, theory coming down with its briefcase and everything, he explained that while it took Roman several people to put down Brock, he put down Brock with his bare hands um, at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. And while it sounded kind of funny, it actually was true. You know, uh, Drew didn't need any help to beat Brock. Uh, so, uh, so I guess we'll see how that goes. And that's why, you know, some of the promos that Drew gives, I feel like, uh, I feel like he, that's why I had obviously picked him as a favorite to dethrone Roman. So we'll have to see if that comes out. And then, as he's cutting that promo, Scarlett obviously comes out and sort of, uh, sort of come and you know gets uh, gets Drew's attention, and then the Usos attack McIntyre from behind and sort of gang up on him and everything. And then after they kind of dispose of him for a little bit, um, they meet face to face with Scar Scarlett, who's at this point uh, standing on the ring apron, and you know they basically give. They said, tell, you know, tell your husband or tell your man this message that, you know, if he, you know, if he tries to get on Roman, we're going to put him down or something. And then Scarlett kind of says without a microphone, because you can hear her over the, you can hear her voice even without the microphone. She says, it's kind of funny because my man had the same message for you. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So have to sit, like I said, we're, they're trying to build something, I think, between Roman and Carrion. So we'll have to see what goes on there. Um, so Triple H consider, uh, continue to you know, uh, you know, make the mid card championships more valuable as, as he, uh, you know, had more meaning where he did show an intercontinental championship video this time, just like he did with the United States title on raw. He did the same thing on SmackDown here. I think he's done it for a couple weeks now or whatever. So we'll see, um, see how that goes later in the day. Cause obviously, uh, later in the night, cause that's where that was the main event tonight was the intercontinental championship match. So already you can see triple H is making the mid card titles, uh, mean more as I, as I've said on the last couple of episodes. So, uh, next we have the Viking Raiders coming out and it's, it's supposed to be a scheduled match between Kofi and, um, uh, Ivar this week because he, t uh, cause Kofi took on Eric last week. 
So, but it never made it out as as the Viking Raiders were heading to the ring. Kofi came comes out uh, behind them and attacks them with a kendo stick. But the Viking Raiders get the uh, upper hand and they absolutely destroy uh, Kofi. Now I'm thinking maybe the Viking Raiders are trying to you know kind of write uh, New Day off TV for right now until they can all come back at full strength. You know, with with Xavier, uh, Kofi, and Big E at some point. Um, that's just my opinion. That's what I think. Cause it seems like, you know, uh, Kofi's kind of been on his own for a couple weeks now and maybe the, maybe they're trying to build the Viking Raiders and kind of put new day on the shelf for a little while and eventually bring them back. So we'll have to see if that is actually the case. Um, so then we have a Sami Zayn, uh, Usos interaction, sort of like how we did last week, uh, where they're talking outside Roman's, uh, office or his dressing room, whatever. And, um, you know, I've heard some people say, you know, obviously this isn't an original idea on mine. I've actually heard this and read this is that they think this is setting up between something between uh, Sami Zayn and the Usos where Sami Zayn is going to go after the tag team titles eventually. And they think he's going to do it with his good old buddy, uh, Kevin Owens. And I'm interested to see how they set this up because obviously Kevin Owens has a has a uh, history with the bloodline, although it was a, you know, it was a long time ago because obviously when Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns were fighting for the universal title. Um, you know, there were no crowds. It was during the pandemic. So, uh, so it's been, been quite a while since those have, those two have, uh, kind of mixed it up. So, uh, but nevertheless, you know, Kevin does have a, has a, uh, history with the bloodline as well. So, um, would it make sense if Kofi, I mean, Kofi, Kevin and, uh, Sammy teamed up and maybe took on the Usos for the tag team titles? Of course. Yeah, it would make sense. But, they're going to have to tell a story maybe, uh, or, you know, I hear a superstar shakeup is coming or a draft is coming. Maybe Kevin goes over to SmackDown. Maybe Sammy goes over to raw. I don't know, but they got to do it where they got to tell the story where it makes sense that those two actually end up, you know, on the same team. And I don't, I don't want them to just put them together just because they're buddies. I want to kind of, I want them to kind of build the story, you know, like maybe we have to be reminded that Kevin Owens has a, you know, a history with the bloodline where maybe the bloodline attacks him, you know, in the near future. And then Sammy comes to save him. And, you know, then we, then they say, Hey, let's team up and take on the Uso, something like that. You know, I know I'm just spitballing stuff, but something to that nature, you know? So, uh, so hopefully we'll see if they try to build it up pretty good, uh, in the future. Uh, but that would be a good idea. And maybe, maybe Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn are the ones that take down the Usos and maybe they're finally the ones in the Usos, uh, uh, streak like like a few people saying I I think it makes sense it would definitely be a good pair to end the Uso streak so we'll have to see if that actually ends up happening um, anyway while Sami Zayn is talking to the Usos in the hallway Drew gets his revenge and attacks them from earlier it, when he was in the ring and they attacked him and he gives them a warning he says hey if you guys keep interfering in my business I'm going to beat you down every time so uh, so we'll see if maybe they play a little along with this where you know, Usos don't learn their lesson and they keep, you know, attacking Drew from behind and then Drew ends up getting revenge and maybe that, maybe they'll do it up until the clash of the castle and maybe we'll end up seeing something. Maybe that'll be some good, uh, good storyline, uh, from here until then. Um, so hit row returns, um, obviously without Isaiah Swerve Scott, because, um, obviously he's in AAW right now and he's actually the tag team champion with, uh, with Keith, uh, Keith Lee, um, but B fab, uh, Ashanti, the, the Adonis and top dollar returned. And it was funny. They did, a uh, 
they did cut a promo after they beat the jobbers that they beat, and they said they were the OG3. So apparently they're, I guess they're trying to go forward uh, without inc- uh, any preview of maybe, you know, Scott ever coming back to uh, to hit row. I guess they're, I guess they're preparing themselves for th- that, that he never leaves AEW and that he never comes back to WWE. My only thought on that is you never say never. I think, um, you know, as much as maybe some fans on either side of the fence, whether you're WWE fans and not AEW fans or vice versa, your AEW fans and not WWE fans, I, I think you're going to see a lot of people switch over back and forth. I don't think necessarily, you know, AEW is going to get, you know, depleted out and all they're all going to go back to WWE, WWE. But I think you're going to see a lot of jumps here and there, especially if AEW is in it for the long haul, which it seems like they could be. I mean, like I said, I, it's hard to say because like I said, they're still a, whether you like it or not, they're still a brand new company. They've still... I mean, they're not even like five years old yet. They're like three years old, barely. In fact, I don't even think they're three years old. So, but obviously they've got some promise. I think they've put on some good shows of what I've seen. I haven't seen a lot. Um, but like I said, that in the near future, I'm going to, you know, start checking them out as I'll talk about later. Um, but like I said, um, and, and it was interesting. Uh, I think I read something that... Um, Swerve Scott answered a fan on Twitter or something like that where a fan said, you know, get get uh, Isaiah Scott back in WWE and get him back with Hit Row because he's just wasting away in AEW. And <laughs> and obviously, you know, uh, Isaiah couldn't resist. And, I, you know, I, I can see his point, too. You know, he says, yeah, I'm wasting away. That's why I'm one of the ta- one half of the tag team champions. I mean, he's he, you know, the man's got a point. You know, it's not like he's wasting away on the roster and everybody's forgetting him at it, forgetting about him. He's a headline superstar on AEW because, like I say, he's a champion. So not sure, you know, not sure what that fan was thinking or whether they've been watching AEW because I'm not even watching AEW that much, and I I know that uh, Scott is the tag team champion with Keith Lee. So that, that tells you a lot. So anyway, uh, so I just thought that was kind of an interesting exchange he had with a fan after Hit Row uh, debuted. So... But yeah, overall, good good to see Hit Row back. Um, even though it was against Jobbers, that I think they did some impressive things in the ring. But like I said, it was probably not meant to be that big of a deal of a match. Just kind of give them, just kind of get them back in and get their feet wet and get them used to in ring action. Action. So, you know, not a top notch match, but hey, that's what they do with the Jobbers. They just get them in there and get them familiar back with being in the ring a lot. So. Um, you know, they got even though they do that in the performance center, they still need to do it in front of live crowds and see how they're doing as far as far as I know. Like I said, I'm not an insider. I don't know how exactly the process works. I I just comment on what I see before in my eyes. So um so then next we have the Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler contract signing and uh Ronda Rousey comes out through the crowd first and she comes out and talks about, you know, she knows she's not supposed to be here but and she got heavily fined and she went and doubled the money and she dumped the money on the thing so that she would be fine in case she was fine for being, you know, at SmackDown this week when she was not supposed to be. Um, and then oddly enough, Shayna Baszler comes out and, and tells, uh, <laughs> tells, uh, Ronda Rousey that she's got to play by the rules in order to, you know, to get stuff done or something or something of that nature. I just thought it was really, it was kind of put me off a little bit. It was kind of interesting the way she said it. And, uh, because, you know, Shayna's obviously supposed to be a heel who doesn't play by the rules. But she said uh, Ronda's got to play by the rules. Now, I don't know if this is setting up for a 
possible uh, rivalry with Shayna and Ronda. I think that would be kind of cool down the road. Uh, maybe they eventually set up as a team, a tag team. They would probably be dominant in the tag team division, and you might give some meaning to those titles maybe uh, because even if that team were th- was thrown together, uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, in my opinion, make sense because they're one half of the of the four horsemen in you know UFC. So that would make sense as a tag team. But um, I will I will say one thing about Shayna Baszler is, and I'm disappointed in her. And I'm disappointed that not disappointed in her. I don't want to say that, but I'm disappointed in how they've been booking her because. If you've noticed in the last few years since she's been there, since she's been called up to the main roster, they've made her look dominant in number one contenders matches where she's fighting to get the championship match. And then when she gets to a championship match, they kind of make her look a little, in my opinion, they kind of make her look a little silly, you know, like, like they, they, they almost take away the dominance about it. And the, and the one that comes to mind is when she was in the elimination chamber right before the pandemic hit. And you remember how she just ran through the elimination chamber and she just ran through everybody, was a sole survivor, all that stuff. But I mean, I think she literally pinned everybody in that match. Um, and then she went on to take on Becky Lynch, um, who from, for all we know, well, I don't think she was pregnant yet, but anyway, she uh, she took on Becky Lynch at at WrestleMania, you know, in in the performance center, not in front of a crowd. And I feel like that match was a little lackluster, you know, like it uh, it almost seemed like Shayna got uh, outsmarted during that match. Like she was like she was kind of made to look kind of foolish, in my opinion. I guess um, I don't know. Like I said, I just I just go with what I see my eyes. And I, and I'm a I'm kind of a fan of Shayna. I think she did really great in NXT. She was she was a dominant NXT champion. And when she got to the main roster, I thought they were going to do something with her because they you know at times they'd make her look dominant, and then she'd get into a big time championship match. And it was like this woman should be winning the title. She should be winning the title, uh, regardless of whether you think it's good booking or not. I mean, look at, look at Rhonda. I mean, I think she's, I mean, maybe not necessarily completely the star power, but I, but it's close. Um, you know, they've, they've had Rhonda where it win both women's titles. Shayna should be, uh, at this point, she should be a Raw Women's Champion and a SmackDown Women's Champion, in my opinion. I think so. I think she's got in great in-ring work because of her background in UFC. Um, maybe people don't exactly like her character. I, I'm okay with her character. I think she plays a very good heel. At least she, at least she did in NXT. Um, but she's just been kind of, she's just been kind of, I, I guess. I guess treading water since she's gotten to the main roster. Like she hasn't been used very often as a main event. You know, uh, I also think she should have won queen of the ring or whatever you call that, uh, thing. She should have been the queen of the ring instead of queen Z- uh, Zelina with no disrespect to, uh, queen Zelina, but the way they made Shayna look in that, cause I believe Shayna was in the final, if I'm not mistaken. And she didn't, uh, or did she lose in the first round? No, I think she lost in the first round, actually. I Forgive me, my memory's not very good on that because I'm just going off the fly when I'm talking about this. But I think, yeah, I, I Shayna Baszler was one of my favorites, if I remember correctly, that I thought was going to win the Queen of the Ring because she is the Queen of Spades, you know. And I thought that would be a perfect way to play that character, if, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you could say she could actually use that in her promo. She could say, not only am I the Queen of Spades, but I'm also the Queen of, uh, I'm the, queen of the Ring. But... I mean, I don't think Zelina was a bad queen, in my opinion. I mean, do I think she was the perfect one to come out of that tournament that should have been the queen? Maybe not, uh, considering I think 
even uh, despite I, I still think the Queen of the Ring and the King of the Ring are not being used the way that they used to be used and on the value level, level that they used to be used anyway. Like it's almost a, a way to build like a kind of a gimmicky character rather than it is to build a superstar to get him in championship contention. So, I, you know, so I, I don't even know that I can honestly talk bad about any wrestler that wins it at this point. I, I just talk about the bad booking in general of the King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown Tournament. I just, I don't think it's good booking anyway. But anyway, I've gone off on a tangent there. So, so the reason I brought up that is because now Shayna Baszler is in with this Liv Morgan. And um, Liv Morgan, I feel like, uh, like I can't help but think because I keep thinking that Liv is going to get a long title run as as the rumors have been been put out there. But like I said, now with Ronda kind of being, you know, kind of being in the picture a little bit, and then Shayna kind of coming and having that little squabble with her at at SmackDown, maybe they're going to put the belt on Shayna, and maybe um, maybe it'll be a Shayna and Ronda kind of story going forward. That would be kind of cool, but um. I also know that I also noticed that during this thing that Liv gave kind of a heel promo. Did anybody kind of get that sense? Like she was saying things like, uh, like, like she was telling Shayna that she was like a bootleg Ronda Rousey, and that uh, she says that she beat Ronda twice, even though one it was for you know the Money in the Bank cash in, and the other one was kind of a controversial finish, obviously. But um, and the crowd was kind of treating her like she was a heel too. It was kind of weird. So. It was almost like they were. Trying, it was almost like the crowd was making it seem like Shayna was the face and and Liv was the heel. Where I think pretty much WWE is expecting it to be the other way around. Um, Morgan did get the upper hand. Liv did get the other upper hand in the little squabble they had during the con- contract signing. Uh, Shayna was trying to injure her, further injure her from uh, from the match with Ronda, where she was. You know, her, hand, her arm was in that sling, but eventually. Um, Liv actually put her through a table <laughs> and it was, uh, it was kind of interesting that, uh, Liv got the upper hand on that. So we'll have to see what happens at the clash of the castle. Um, so Sammy and Usos again, uh, had an interaction this time. The Usos are mad at him because I forgot to mention when Drew was beating down the Usos in the hallway, Sammy Zayn kind of retreated after their little meeting in the hallway and uh, he got called out for it, and he gave some excuses like he was going to get security or something like that or whatever. So, like I said, they're building the tension between the bloodline and Sammy, and we're going to see, hopefully we're going to see what happens sooner sooner or later. Now, some people were saying that they think the Kevin Owens-Sammy versus the Usos match is going to happen as early as Clash of the Castle. I, I don't know if that's a good idea. I think you should hold off on that, I think, for a little while. I don't know if you should actually immediately get it there. Like you should continue to build build this, and maybe then add Kevin to the kind of the kind of the dissension, and then maybe I don't know, maybe have this match at Extreme Rules or or uh, you know Survivor Series. I think maybe I think maybe Clash of the Castle might actually be too soon, maybe or you know who knows but what do i know like i said i'm just a fan but i i i think i think maybe you should hold off on this match a little bit kind of build it a little bit you know what i mean um i don't know like i said it's it's hard to say i mean i i get it while people want to see this match maybe they're maybe they're a little you know impatient and they'd like to see the usos reign end now but i i still think you'd need to marinate a little bit more so we'll see if that ends up happening um so then uh, the Usos go out to the ring, call out Drew McIntyre, and they say, hey, pick a pick a, a, a tag team partner of your choice. 
and we'll take you on. And Drew actually starts out the match in a handicap match because he didn't have a uh, tag team partner. But who would actually show up to help him in the match but Madcap Moss? And I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting. And I, and honestly, I really wish they would repackage him. Like, I, I don't want, I'd be even okay if they went and took him back to Riddick Moss, which was his original name. Um, I know that's kind of a bland name, but it's better than Madcap Moss, in my opinion. That just sounds too gimmicky. Like with Happy Corbin, I'd rather they go back to Baron Corbin instead of Happy Corbin, because like I said, Happy Corbin sounds too gimmicky. So, um, but anyway, he looked good in the ring. He was uh, he was impressive during this match. Um, another thing that was going on in this match was, uh, well, Drew McIntyre and Matt Catmoss ended up winning the match, and then Sami Zayn actually throws one of the Usos out of the way of a Claymore kick. I believe it was Jimmy, and he took the Claymore click kick for the Usos. So, like I said, maybe I'm getting my wish. Maybe they are going to marinate this story a little bit for a while, and... Um, Maybe Sammy's going to win the trust again of the Usos, and but because uh, they did say in that thing that he needs to step up or he's going to be kicked out, and I, I don't know. In my opinion, that that's him kind of stepping up. He kind of pushed him out of the way and and uh, took the kick for the Usos. So we'll see uh, see how, where where that happens. What happens with that next week? I'm sure. Um, so then we go to the then we go to the photo shoot with the uh, maximum male models, which is. Uh, I'm just going to call him Mace and Mansoor, but I know they've made him like Masace, I can't even say it, and Mansoor, you know, a little little essence to it, to both the names and stuff. But I'm just going to call him Mace and Mansoor because I have trouble pronouncing the other two names. Uh, I guess maybe my tongue gets tied or whatever when I try to pronounce them. Um, But I thought this was interesting. So Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, which I think they're just going by Angel and Humberto right now, um, they asked to join the agency. And Max Dupree, I guess is the way he says it, uh, says no. uh, but But the two of them also say well, we're not really asking you. We're asking your sister, Maxine. And, and you know, they say they, they throw up the little give me a call thing and everything. And Maxi- Maxine seems to think, seems to be digging it. You know, like she wants she wants those two in the thing. And to be honest with you, right now, um, I'm not even sure how I feel about this story, you know, with the Maximum Male Models. Obviously, it's it's pretty gimmicky. But I think if you can... Maybe if you add Angel and Umberto to it, maybe it gives it a little bit more credibility. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it anyway. I I'd re- I wish Max Dupree would go back to L.A. Knight or whatever. Um, and but I don't know. Maybe it would maybe it would add a little to it, or it could just destroy Angel and Umberto too. It make it could make them you know ridiculous. So I don't know. I don't know where they need to go with this. But if if this is just gonna go the way it's going right now with the maximum male models where they're just, you know, taking pictures and not actually wrestling and all that stuff. Then I just don't know where this is going. You know what I mean? Like I, I need something more from this. Uh, Cause obviously Mansoor and Mace are pretty incredible athletes as, as is uh, Max Dupree or LA Knight, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I don't know much about uh Maxine or whatever her actual name was in NXT. I can't remember what her name was. Um, I don't know anything really about her, so I can't really make a comment about her. Um, but, um, I just feel like this needs a little bit more meaning or a little bit more substance to it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still going to think the maximum male models are, in my opinion, truthfully, it's pretty ridiculous unless they do something a little bit more with it. So, um, 
So then we get a little backstage interview with Ricochet with uh, Kayla Braxton. And I guess he's starting to say that maybe he's going to go back after the Intercontinental Championship, you know, from Gunther or whoever, you know, whoever wins later in the night, whether it's Gunther or Shinsuke. And uh, all of a sudden, Happy Corbin attacks him again. And Happy Corbin says, you thought we were done? We're just getting started. So evidently, they're going to start something with, uh, they're going to keep something going with Ricochet and Happy Corbin for a little while. So we'll have to see what goes on there. Um, and now we get to the only NXT NXT team in the uh, in the women's tag team championship uh, tournament, and they they cut a pretty good promo. But to be honest with you, I'm not convinced. You know that they're a great team or that they're going to go anywhere in this tournament. Now I'm not saying anything bad about the two ladies themselves. I mean. I've seen both of these ladies, Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark on NXT, and both are impressive in the ring. So it's not that. It's more or less that they, again, seem like they were thrown together. Because if you've watched NXT 2.0, you also know that these women really haven't had anything to do with each other on that show to begin with. They've only It seems like they've only been thrown thrown together because of this... Uh, because of this uh, tournament you know, on the main roster and on SmackDown. So... Um, now, is this the way they've been called up to the roster? I don't know, because like I said, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Zoe Stark still has a NXT Women's Championship match against uh, uh, against Mandy Rose coming up, so she has to go back to NXT to, to compete in that match. So, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm sure they'll put on a good show in the ring, uh, but... I don't know that I believe that I don't know that I believe in this team yet because I like I said I feel like they've been just thrown together, so we'll have to see because like I said they take on Sonya Deville and Natalia next week, and we'll see if they actually move on or were they just a team that was thrown into here and they'll lose in the first round and go back to NXT and continue what they're doing. We'll see. All right, and of course the main event of the night was the Intercontinental Championship, which I like to see you know because whenever. Roman's not there with both of the world titles. I like to see the United States Championship and the Intercontinental Championship kind of kind of take up, you know, pick up the slack and they they get regarded as high quality titles in the mid-card. So, which is the way it should be instead of just being afterthoughts like they were a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, um this was a good match between Gunther and Shinsuke Nakamura, very good match, lots of good spots in this match. Um Gunther ended up getting the getting the victory. Um, so I don't know what goes on from here, but very, very good match. I think people were into it. The crowd was into the match. Um, so, Hey, I think, I think we're getting our wish. I think the mid card titles are, are, are back, uh, on the forefront. And like I said, like I said, in the YouTube, uh, panel that I did a couple weeks ago after SummerSlam, um, I realized that the intercontinental title and the United title, United States title are not as, big as the world titles, but they still have to be important, you know, because they are the mid-card titles. They're the workhorse titles. So they still need to have some importance, some, some, uh, some there. But like I said, uh, I liked, I like how Triple H is promoting them at this point. So, uh, and that's the way SmackDown ended. So, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good show. Like I said, pretty good show. And like I said, um, I think, I think the improvements are going to continue to come over the weeks, both on Raw and SmackDown. Now, I know I said I was going to do an NXT episode this week, but I ended up not doing one just because I feel like NXT still has not made the improvements that Raw and SmackDown has, and maybe it won't. Maybe it's just going to stay a developmental thing. Like, I feel like that's what it's going back to. It's kind of going back to a developmental feel instead of an equal brand with Raw and SmackDown. 
And I feel like what Triple H is going to concentrate on is he's just going to develop the people in NXT now, and then when they make it to the main roster, which is the way it should have been, that's when he's going to make them the stars. That's when he's going to make them the big stars. Like, he's going to make their main event run better than their NXT run. So, we'll see, you know, now that he's head of creative of everything. Um, so before I get out of here, a quick housekeeping note. Um, I'm not going to really promote the website, the email and social medias this time because I'm doing a bit of a rebrand. And like I said, if you've been checking the stuff, you've already seen that I've done a little bit. Uh, I know my new website is being in the process of going up, um, social media. I'll get back to that, what the new social media things are. And, um, the email I have actually, done away with the two emails that I've been promoting before. And now I'm going to have a brand new email to accompany the website that I've got going on. So, uh, but just, I'll keep you posted as far as how the rebrand is. We should get a different look. There should be a different look to it. Um, I'm kind of dropping the WWE logo cause, um, from here on out, I'm probably going to start covering other promotions besides WWE. So hopefully that'll happen as well. And, um, yeah, so just for look for those changes, you're probably even going to hear some changes here on the podcast as well. Like I said, I might have some new music, uh, might have some new intros and outros, uh, maybe some sound effects down the road, all kinds of stuff, so that it just doesn't sound like, you know, intro and outro music and my, you know, my little spiel at the beginning and the end, and then you just hear me talk with no music in the background and stuff. You know, I kind of want to make it better as I go. So, so uh, we'll see what happens. So just stay tuned, and like I said, I'll keep you posted. So without further ado, um, that's going to do it for this episode. And hey, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tag in and leave me a review or share the show with someone who you think would love it. I'll see you at ringside for the next episode.